you're listening to Before the Bell podcast, hosted by Dan Kalkias and Say No More. Before the Bell podcast, episode five. We're back, Courtney. Welcome back, guys. We've made it to number five. Um, this is the show all about fighting. We talk about all the past events and preview upcoming shows that you should be watching. Uh, once a month, we do a Hall of Fame where we talk about the life of a legendary fighter. And um, yeah, by the way, listen back to the first two episodes to hear our picks for Hall of Fame. And of course, it's hosted by myself, that guy Kez, and... And myself, Say no more. There you go. Um, so today, a uh, decent weekend in fighting. So in boxing, we had uh, Canelo Jacobs. And um, we had UFC as well. UFC action with Cowboy Cerrone and Al Quinta. And then you got some quick mentions as well. Then, um, yeah, we'll preview what's happening next weekend. Next weekend is looking very interesting as well in fighting. And then we'll do the Hall of Fame. Yeah. The Hall of Fame. All right, then. So, Courtney, this weekend, obviously, um, we had Canelo, Saul Canelo Alvarez fighting Daniel Jacobs out of Brownsville in um, Las Vegas. This, this was a big, big event. Canelo's a superstar. By the way, before we start on the actual performances, now that um, Floyd Mayweather is no longer um, in active fighting, is there anyone bigger, um, you know, star-wise, star like a superstar, Compared to Canelo Alvarez, no. Some people say Anthony Joshua. Um, Anthony Joshua, I'll say is he's second. I mean, in terms of star power in boxing, I'd say by a mile, um, Canelo Alvarez. Um, El Cinnamon, as I like to call him, is one of his nicknames because because of the color of his, of his hair. Um, and Anthony Joshua, he's definitely the biggest uh, star in British boxing, um, but he, he's not cl- as close to the star power as. Um, Canelo Alvarez. Yeah, both of these fighters have come a long way. Um, they both had really tough backgrounds. And um, in a recent video that I watched about Canelo, he's driving around in a Bugatti Chiron. That car's worth like three million. So he's definitely made it. And um, like I say, he's a superstar. And uh, he's signed to the, the Zone Network, this online kind of sports broadcaster. £365 million deal. So he's definitely... Um, a superstar in boxing. So let, let's get to this match. Um, last week, we gave Daniel Bed Jacobs a lot of props, didn't we? Yeah, especially myself. Yep, yep, yep. And um, so I'll, I'll let you take this one. How do you think this fight panned out? Um, I, I'm always one to, you know, if you any of our listeners last week would have heard, I'm always one to, I pit, um, I pit Canelo down a little bit. He's flat-footed, you know. Um, he's only got good upper body movement. Uh, he has problems with bo- boxers that can move and box. Um, again, I'm not. I'm never gonna go against Canelo. Just like I said about Danny Jacobs, Canelo showed really good footwork. He showed great inside work. I mean, yeah, I think yeah. I think the judges were very nice to give some of the rounds they gave to Danny Jacobs. Um, I mean, it was pretty dominant. It wasn't dominant in the fashion it w- it was of you know big, huge blows and, you know, really hurting a man. But, I mean, he hit him with clean, the cleaner shots, he hit him with more shots. That That's the thing, actually. That's a good point. At any point in this fight, do you think any fighter looked hurt? For me, I'd say no. No, what do you not think? really. There was one point... I mean, I think the best shot was landed by Danny Jacobs, not Canelo. I think it was the eighth round. 
uh, he landed like over and hand right, right down the middle, and it. Canelo was a bit. He was surprised, and he was he stepped back a little bit, but he wasn't hurt. Um, but it was that was definitely the best shot landed of the fight. But um, overall, uh, really apart from that shot, Danny Jacobs didn't really do much. Yeah, I mean, for me, I just thought Daniel Jacobs. He was a little bit gun shy. He he didn't throw enough numbers. The official CompuBox numbers, I think, were like one eight eight um, to one three one Canelo versus Jacobs shots landed and. Um, yeah, I just thought that Jacobs was just, I mean, he, respect to him, he didn't get knocked out and he, you know, he kept his craft from beginning to end and he actually warmed up towards the end of the fight, I thought. He, he, he started out very quiet. Canelo was just on fire in the first three, four, five rounds and um, towards the end, Jacobs got a little bit more into it. Do, do you have any, do you have any respect, praise for, for Jacobs after what you saw? I don't think it was even a bad performance from Jacobs. I just think it was a really, really good performance from Canelo. Uh, Jacobs, his game plan wasn't too bad, but um, he needed to. He was boxing a bit. He was trying to box a bit too much, and his boxing wasn't even working because of, especially Canelo's upper body movement. Man, his head movement, like when you move your head so much and move your body so much, it's very hard to hit someone. And I think that's where the problems came for uh, Daniel Jacobs. Yeah, and then this fight went um, the full distance, twelve rounds, um, unanimous decision to Canelo. You say that the judges were were quite kind to Jacobs. What, what do you mean about that? Um, I gave I gave Daniel Jacobs two rounds, so I gave Canelo ten uh, eight rounds. I gave Daniel Jacobs two rounds, and there was two rounds, round seven and round three that I couldn't I couldn't pick a winner for those rounds. I watched both of those rounds probably three times each, and each time, I gave them drawn rounds. So there was two ten ten rounds, eight rounds to two to Canelo. Um, I mean that's. 118-112 to Canelo is a pretty, uh, you know, dominant dominant score yeah. to give a, give a fighter. Um, yeah, yeah, um, I would agree. I, I just um, didn't, see, didn't see that much from Jacobs. I mean, he was in the fight, and, and like you say, he did land good shots, but uh, the overall work rate, the overall craft from Canelo was just um, better. But So both these fighters, um, and in addition to Triple G, Golovkin are uh, regarded as being at the top of the middleweight crown. So now that Canelo's got all the belts, pretty much. Um, he doesn't have all the belts. Well, well, he's got another one. He's got another one. <laughs> he's got another one after this fight. There's still a live dog in there that he needs to fight. So. That that was going to be my next question. So now that he's taken Daniel Jacobs' um, IBF belt, where do you see his next, um, you know, his journey from here? So, well, this is the thing. He's been get he's got a three hundred and sixty five million deal, but that's over fifteen fights. So under zone, he fought Rocky Fielding, and then he fought Daniel Jacobs. Yes, so he's so he's got thirteen five fights left on that deal now. So they're gonna have to span it out. They can't keep making him fight live dog after live dog after live dog. It's just you know, you gotta bring some money in. So I think the next fight's gonna be probably like a, not a prospect, but you know maybe a lower ranked guy maybe in the top 10, maybe a top 7 or 8 guy. And then after that, I think he'll fight Andre. Andre. He's a WBO champion. He is actually a really good fighter, but after tonight's performance, I don't see anyone beating Canelo at 160. Uh, maybe apart from my favourite fighter, Billy Joe Saunders, but that's for another time, and Billy Joe Saunders actually moved up to 168 pounds now. But no one at 160 is going to beat Canelo. So... But he, when he fights Andrade, it will be a good fight. I think it will be a better fight 
than um, Daniel Jacobs and Canelo, but Canelo should win. Yeah, I mean, for me, big surprise um, in this fight was that even though Jacobs had the the height and I think the reach as well, he didn't really put it to good use because, like you say, Canelo's movement was um, outstanding. So let's get on to some ratings then for this fight. Um, yeah, you want to go first? Um, Canelo, a nine man. I mean, I didn't. I I knew he could win over the twelve distance, twelve round distance, but not the way he did. Not virtually outboxed Daniel Jacobs. Um, yeah, I yeah, would agree. Um, I wouldn't give him a nine just because I just didn't think that there was enough fireworks in this fight to really bring in the casuals and say, wow. Um, so I'd say I'd, I'd go with an eight. I would have loved to see more um, shots that obviously hurt people yeah. um, in this fight. That's probably mm. what one thing this fight lacked. So yeah, I'd go with an eight um, for Canelo. And then what about for Jacobs? I think you'll be surprised at my score. Seven. That is not a bad score. I, I think... Um, yeah, he, he just couldn't do anything because Canelo was so good. Um, one thing that was lacking was, considering he had the height and reach, he had a jab, but he used that he used the jab as a rangefinder. He didn't pump the jab out there hard. So he used the jab a lot, like, you know, a more of a power jab, but he did use that as a rangefinder to try and outbox Canelo, which did not work. So I don't know why he never made the adjustment of thinking, okay, I'm using my jab as a rangefinder. It's not really working. Why, why don't I start pumping it out harder? which was beyond me. So maybe I shouldn't give him a seven, but I mean, Canelo just confused the hell out of him. So, you know, he was in the fight and he didn't make it boring. So I, I'll give him a seven. All right. Um, I'll go over six just because I expected a little bit more from the kid from Brownsville. I thought he'd have a bit more, bit more passion, a bit more energy, but yeah, it, it looked like he just couldn't find the key to unlock um, Canelo's defense here. So I'll go over six. And then what about the fight overall? I would say from um, from the casual point of view, again, there were no knockdowns, um, no obvious um, kind of power damage punches, if you like. So for me, this is a 6.5 fight. It's one for the purists. And um, certainly, you know, if you're a fan of either fighter, it's, um, you know, well worth the watch. But what, what do you think about the actual entertainment value? I think, I, I think I'll go for the same. I want to say seven, but... 6.5 is a first first goal for the overall fight, yeah. All right, then. So that's, unless you've got anything else to add, I think that's it for part one. Um, when we come back, we'll talk about the other fights of the weekend from MMA and other divisions. Just some uh, quick mentions for this card. Um, John Ryder won the interim WBA, WBA super middleweight title against an undefeated fighter. So in the future, he could do good things for British boxing. He has a title now. Um and there was a few other uh, prospects on the card, undefeated pros- prospects uh, that done really well. So uh, if you're not just about the main event, have a, have a look at the card. There's some good fights in there. Okay, back after this. If you want to know everything about fighting, subscribe to our channel. Okay, Before the Bell podcast, episode 5, part 2. Um, so we're going to talk about UFC Fight Night 151, Cowboy Cerrone versus Al Iquinta. Um, this was a five-round war, Courtney, and you saw this. Um, do you know what? It kind of reminds me a little bit of Daniel Jacobs versus Canelo. Um, I wouldn't really call it a war. I mean, I gave, um, I only gave Al Iquinta one round, and that was round two. Um, 
I was shocked. I mean, I I my bet on Iaquinta to beat uh, Cerrone, but Cerrone just he I mean he he did what Daniel Jacobs didn't do. He used his jab. He used his reach advantage, and he just moved around. Um, but he was letting off combinations. Um, I mean, it was he. So the judges gave it to Cerrone 49-45. So they gave him four rounds and gave uh, gave him a 10-8 round for one of the rounds. I gave it to him 49-46. So I gave him four rounds and gave yeah, it, to one. It was a pretty dominant performance. But, um, yeah, I mean, I would agree with the judges because there was a, you know, a, few, a few knockdowns in this fight. Um, and, a, and then as well, when the fight ended, uh, the end of round five, he thought that Aquinta was kind of saved by the bell because he was... Uh, he was on his back, and um, it would have been a grand and pound, surely. Um, so yeah, cowboy, he fights a lot. He's always fighting. He must love the game. Um, he's got the most wins in UFC history, which is uh, says a lot about his. Uh, 23, 23 wins. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. The man's a beast. And, and behind um, him, behind him is a uh, George Saint Pierre of twenty. So I mean, he's three ahead, and George Saint Pierre is retired. Exactly. And Michael Bisman is also on twenty, and he's retired. So, like I said, the guy, the guy's an absolute beast. Um, got three wins in a row. Yeah, I mean, what what can I say about this fight? I mean, I just thought that after um, Iaquinta's last fight against Kevin Lee, I thought he looked really good there. But in this fight, um, Cerrone's height just looked ridiculous. It was like an adult versus a child in this match, just looking at the height difference, and um, combined with Cerrone's kicks and his um, he's he's a much better kickboxer than. Iquinta is, so um, yeah, just 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 a dominance there. Do, do you have anything else that you want to add? Just to mention that, uh, you said there was two knockdowns, right? So he picked down Iquinta in the third round with a jab, not even a hook or a jab, and in the fourth round he put him down with a front kick to the face, yeah. similar to um, you know those front kicks that Anderson Silva used to throw a lot. Um, so yeah, he shows a lot of shades. I've never seen him throw. I've seen him throw kicks, but not front kicks. Um, and he was he actually boxed quite beautifully. That I mean that is I know it's a MMA and it's not on a level of boxing, but if you want to know how to use your height and reach against a shorter guy, watch that fight. Yeah, and um, again I've seen Cowboy knock people out with all kinds of all kinds of weapons, um, kind of kicks and and um, so yeah he just had a lot more he had a lot more tools in his arsenal compared to Iquinta, who's a game fighter. No disrespect, and he 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 went the full distance, and his face at the end of the fifth round was uh was just a a, a picture of blood and guts, really. So um, yeah, this is it. This is definitely a fight to watch. What would you rate the performance of uh, both fighters? I give Cerrone an eight. I feel like he could have picked up a bit more at times, but um, Iaquinta he was really trying, so I'll give him that. But yeah, I give Cerrone an eight. Iaquinta. Uh, 6.5. Okay. Yeah, we'll just go with your ratings for this one. What What about as the fight overall? Do you think this one is uh, a, a must-watch? I think it's more, for more of the purists, especially if you like uh, kickboxing. Uh, I'll give it a 7. seven, uh, 7 out of 10. Okay. So that was uh, Fight Night 151. And then some other quick mentions, other fights uh, happened this weekend as well. You wanted to talk about the... Invicta Championship, which is a female-only MMA championship. Yeah, it's a yeah, female-only organization. So just a quick mention that uh, their strawweight champion had left, and now she's in UFC. So the strawweight title was uh, vacant. So they threw this uh, one-night tournament 
uh, of eight strawweight fighters in the Invicta. So uh, four quarterfinal matches, which were one-round matches, and then four semifinal matches, which were one-round matches, and the final was three rounds. Um, and Brianna, the bulldog uh, Van Buren, literally just starched everyone. She's the only one who got a finish in a in a quarterfinal fight. She starched her second round, her semifinal fight, almost as she was a female Khabib, and then she won in submission in her final, and no one could touch her. So, uh, props to women in MMA. Props to Invicta for pitting on a tournament like that in one night. Um, yeah, I hope this like really just shine a light on women in MMA. It was, re- it was a really good tournament. Yeah, it's good to have um, other organizations other than just. You know, the big ones, UFC, Bellator, it's, it's good that there's a lot of diversity out there. And, um, you know, having one that's dedicated solely, solely to women's MMA, that can only be a good thing as well to encourage um, more involvement. All right. Um, do you have any other mentions, other fights that caught your eye this weekend? Just to mention, uh, so uh, Arthur Bittibief, he is the 175 IBL IBF champion at 175 pounds. He defended his title with a six-round knockout against under, uh, a virtually undefeated fighter. Um, and Jerwin and and Carticus, um, he is the IBF super flyweight champion, um, and he defended his title also with a six-round knockout. So, uh, yeah, just some more uh, fighting to talk about. All right, so then that'll be it for this part. When we come back... We'll get into what's happening um, next weekend and in the weeks ahead. There's going to be a lot. May's going to be a good month for fight fans. There's a lot of uh, lot of action this month. So after this, we'll get talking about it. You've been listening to Before the Bell podcast. Okay, Before the Bell, we're back. Episode 5, part 3. Now we're going to get into what's happening next weekend. So, UFC 237, Doug Rose, Nama Yunus versus Jessica Andrade. That's the title fight on that card. But um, even even the undercards, um, you know, the fights, the other fights on that card are looking quite tasty. So, what have you got to say on this uh, card, Courtney? I think it's going to be a good card. Um, I'm quite excited, but I'm, you'd think I'd be most excited for the main event, but I'm not. I, I think it's going to be a good main event, and I'll come to that in a second. But... Um, the old trooper, man. The old trooper. Uh, Jose Aldo. He's on a two-fight win streak at the moment against top guys. So he he knocked out Jeremy Stevens. He knocked out uh, Renato Moicano. And now he's fighting uh, Alexander Volkanovsky, who knocked out Chad Mendes in his last fight. So, Yeah, that's a good comeback. Um, last time I saw Aldo fight was against the Hawaiian blessed era Max Holloway. And, um, yeah, he, he, he lost a couple of times to him. So this is a, a good turnaround for a fighter that's been around for uh, many, many, many years. And he's still out there getting some wins on his belt. So, yeah, good for him. Yeah, against, against top competition as well. Um, but I see him beating um, Alexander Volkanovsky. Um, and if you just look at his last two wins, he looks like almost Jose Aldo of old. Um, I think and he's still quite young for MMA fighter. He's thirty two, so he's still very young for MMA fighter. Um, I just see him having better boxing. He's actually a really good boxer, better boxing skills than Volkanovski. Uh, his ground game isn't too bad. If he gets put on the ground, he can handle himself. Um, Volkanovski, I think the key for him is um, to get on the ground. He's good on the ground. Um, he has got good stand up, but I don't think it's on par with Odo's. 
Um, but I think if it's a five-round fight, Aldo knockout in the third round. Um, and if it's a three-round fight, maybe three-round decision for uh, Jose Aldo. All right. And then talking about other legends, we have uh, Anderson Silva also fighting on this card. So it looks like it's a card for a few um, a few fighters from um, you know the UFC heyday. For sure, for sure. Um, but yeah, let's talk about the main event. That's, that's what we're here for, right? Thug Rose Nama Yunus. Um, has she grown her hair out yet? Or is it still bald? It's still bald. All right. Um, that's a good look, Thug Rose. Yeah, I mean, for, for me personally, I've, I've seen her fight a few times and her, her size, she always looks so small and so delicate, but she brings it and she ends up knocking people out. I don't quite know where she gets that power from. But um, what about you? Who have you got for this fight? Um, I've got uh, Jessica Andrade. Um, I think uh, Rose is the better fighter, technically better, um, better on the ground. Uh, the key for Rose would actually be to get on the ground because uh, Jessica Andrade, has, her ground game is pretty poor. She's just a brute. She tries to wrestle, but she hasn't got really any ground game. So, But the thing is here is that it's Styles makes fights, and Jessica Andrade is a brute on stand-up. She's got power. She comes forward. I don't think she's ever been knocked out in her career. I'm not sure if she's been put down, but I know she's never been knocked out. Um, and then, and the size and the aggressiveness, I don't think uh, uh, Rose Namajunas can keep her off of her. She, she's going to get Rose Namajunas tired. She's going to smother her and eventually get a late KO, I think. Yeah, she kind of uh, reminds me of similar other um, Brazilian, female Brazilian fighters. They, they all have that kind of... They're, they're all physically dominating, quite big. Um, you know, if you think people like... Um, Betch Cohea, um, Cyborg, Chris Cyborg. Yeah, you're definitely right. You can imagine she's just going to pour it on, especially early on, and um, try and get um, Doug Rose kind of a little bit riled. So you've got Andrade for this. Yes, she can win because, I mean, Rose can win and she gets it to the ground, but even if she gets it to the ground, it's still that brute strength. So, yeah, I've got Andrade. I, I mean... Rose beat, uh, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to remember her name now, um, Joanna Janczajczyk uh, twice, right? Probably the best uh, woman, MMA, female MMA fighter after, um, I forget her names now, after Ronda Rousey. Ronda so, Rousey. Um, yeah, I think I got Andrade. Uh, Rose can do well. And the thing is, Joanna um, Janczajczyk, she beat Andrade, outboxed her and didn't get hit. I don't know if Rose can do that for five rounds. And I think if uh, Andrade does win, she'll probably fight Jan Jacek. And Jan Jacek will beat her again. It's just that the styles make fights. And the style of Andrade, I think, will be too much for Rose. All right. Okay. So that's, that's, the, main, that's the main card there, the title fight of UFC 237. Um, there's a big boxing match on next weekend as well. Um, Hurd versus Williams. We are looking forward to this, both of us, I think, but I think you in particular. So do you want to carry this one? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, this is going to be a good fight, man. Um, it's going to be a firefight while it lasts. Um, Jarrett Hurd literally came out of nowhere. Two years ago, he's fighting on a few undercards, um, fighting decent opposition, and then he got a chance to fight uh, for the IBF title against um, Tony Harrison and starched him basically then um he defended it against austin trout and then he unified against lara and lara was the boogeyman of the division um 
he's just he's really big for 154 pounds. He looks like a, a super middleweight, punches hard, and his gas tank is. He comes to 12 rounds. Um, he doesn't get tired. Yeah, that victory over Lara. I mean, Lara is uh, widely respected in 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 that division. Um, you know, Lara's fought ev- everyone, um, Canelo Alvarez, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So that that victory over him, including um, including a knock knockdown in the final round, was it? Yeah, twelfth round. Yeah, that 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 was a big, big move there. So who you got for this fight? I got heard. Um, I've got to mention Julian Williams. Um, he is a good fighter. He has got power. Um, it's gonna be a tough fight for both of them. But I just think after six rounds, uh, the class and the and the volume and the pressure I've heard will tell. But. Junior Williams will put in a good account of himself. It'll be a good, fun fight. Definitely one for the casuals. Um, but yeah, I got maybe a hard eighth, ninth round KO, I think. Yeah, um, this one you're predicting some, some, some knockouts and some fireworks. That's good. That's very good. All right, so for me, the highlight of next weekend is the return of Michael Venom Page, Britain's own, um, Shoot Fighter's own, Michael Venom Page, who, you know, people have been saying about this guy, when are we going to get him a real opponent? And in his opponent for this fight, we've got none other than Douglas Lima, who is no bum. I agree, he is no bum. <laughs> so, um, yeah, looking forward to this one. Um, MVP has that, he has that hands down kind of um, karate style. He does a lot of taunts. While he's in the ring with his opponent, you know, fighting, he'll he'll start throwing shapes and busting moves. So he's got very showy, arrogant style. Very good to watch. Um, Fourteen and zero, so decent record. But again, people have questioned um, the, the the quality of his opponent. So, what do you think? Do you think this will be the fight that people have been kind of waiting for? In a sense that finally a decent opponent for MVP. I think this will be just that. So. He fought, he fought Paul Daly in his last fight, and that was supposed to be his acid test, acid, acid test, really. And it really wasn't. He did win. He won three rounds. wasn't the best-looking fight. Um, so everyone expected to see him go through some adversity. I mean, he kind of cruised. But this fight, uh, Douglas Lima, I think he's a two-time Bellator, Bellator welterweight champion. Um, lost to uh, uh, Rory McDonald, which is, you know, no shame. Rory McDonald is a beast, as we know. But his leg, leg kicks are brutal. Um, he, I don't think he's ever been knocked out. He's been knocked down, but never been knocked out. Um, and he's, yeah, he's just a class. I, I mean, I would put him, if you look at the whole MMA scene, I'd put him in, in the top five, including like the whole MMA scene, UFC, Bellator, the, oh, the world MMA scene. I'd put him in the top five. He's a very good fighter. Yeah, he's got um, a lot of experience. He's, uh, like you say, he's fought against uh, Rory McDonald. He's fought Ben Askren, believe it or not. So he's been around for a long time. Um, he, he's the veteran of this one. So what do you think? Is it going to be experience or youth that's going to carry this fight? Who you got? This is going to be very, very difficult. Um, for me, it's a 50-50 fight. Um, I'm not going to pick a winner. You're not going to pick <laughs> I, a winner? I, I can't pick a winner in this one. Um, it's 50-50 fight. Michael Fennel Page is special. I mean, some of his knockouts are insane, uh, especially against uh, the Brazilian uh, cyborg. When he knocked him out with that flying knee, that that was brutal. Um, Douglas Lima has got some crazy knockouts as well. Just he's got leg kick knockouts. All right, if you're not going to predict, are you 
Are you um, looking forward to this fight? Do you think this will be a showy fight or a technical fight? It's hard to say. I think it depends on how much pressure Douglas Lima can put on Michael Venom Page. Because if he doesn't put enough pressure, Michael Venom Page is going to do his usual antics and, you know, you know, pop shot. Um, but I think, yeah, I think uh, Lima, will, Lima will hit him with leg kicks and take him down. So I think it will be, it'll definitely be one for the casuals. So it's going to be a good fight. Um, it's very hard to pit my uh, opinion of how it's going to go, but it will be definitely one for the casuals. All right. Um, so that's the previews. But before we go, uh, for me, a legend that needs to be kind of uh, remembered, uh, maybe he should retire by now, but um, BJ Penn, if you're a fan of UFC from the 2000s, mid to late 2000s, you will know BJ Penn is an absolute legend. Um, he's still around. He's still fighting, even though he was born in 1978. He's fighting BJ. <laughs> he's fighting Clay Clay Guida, um, and that's on the same card, UFC 237. That's a packed card. Um, let's just talk about BJ Penn. Could this be his last fight? This might be his last fight. He's not had a victory now um, since 2010 when he beat Matt Hughes in the first round in um, 23 seconds. I would love to see BJ Penn win. It's been a long time. He's not won for uh, like nine, eight or nine years. I would love to see him win. I'm a big fan of his. And um, if he wins, I think he could retire. So, unless you've got anything else to add? Um, yeah, just, uh, just uh, two quick mentions about just some news. So, uh, Darren Haney, a very uh, sought-after and touted prospect. He's probably not a prospect anymore. Uh, 21 wins. 16 KOs, has signed with Matchroom Boxing and is a very big deal. Um, everyone knows that, that uh, Eddie Hearn, uh, Fast Car Eddie, uh, is now promoting in America and a lot of the American promoters and the American boxing team don't really like what he's doing. But he's signing top fighters and he's putting on good events. Yeah, so, um, can I just say that? Yeah, Michael, um, meant, I saw Michael's comment, he mentioned this fight. So it's... It's um, getting the reputation, I think this is in July, isn't it, that Devin Haney might fight Luke Campbell. Do you, do you think that's, uh, that's going to happen, that fight? There's a lot of, uh, how can I say, politics involved in that. So Devin Haney fights on May 25th, so he has to win that one, of course. Um, and as of right now, the number one in the WBC is uh, Luke Campbell. Um, and Devin Haney's number three. There's a number two guy, so number one and number two will fight for the title. But that number two guy is going to be in Ramadan. So he can't fight in July. So as long as the WBC say, okay, we'll allow, we'll allow the number three to fight the number one for the title, then Darren Haney and Campbell uh, will fight. And they're both on the same promotional card. So that it should, you know, it should happen, but it just depends on the politics. Yeah. So in other news then, that the month of May is uh, looking quite tasty for boxing especially. There's a bunch of there's a whole bunch of undefeated fighters um, fighting in, in, in May over the coming weeks. So we've got Billy Joe Saunders. Um, he sold out Stevenage Stadium. Um, he's getting a lot of praise from big names like Mayweather. People think he's uh, the future of boxing. And even you, Courtney, even you're a fan. I'm a big fan. Um, I said earlier in the podcast if you was listening that no one's going to beat Canelo. No one, apart from Billy Joe Saunders. I won't, I won't go into detail, um, that's for another time, but he is a very special fighter, um, and uh, he just needs a chance to prove how good he is. He proved it against uh, David Lemieux, um, 
after that fight, Mayweather came out and he said, "Who's Billy Joe Saunders? I've never seen anyone box like that in a very long time. He's really, really good." Um, so yeah, Billy Joe Saunders is a uh, top notch, and he fights in May. All right then. So yeah, there's other undefeated uh, fighters fighting in May. Um, Usyk is fighting, and then of course the bronze bomber Deontay Wilder is back uh, after his big fight against uh, Tyson Fury, obviously. So is there any anything about those the, those three fights that gets you excited for the month of May? Oh, Usyk. I really want to see uh, Usyk. I mean, he's at heavyweight now. So uh, his first fight of heavyweight against Carlos Takam, uh, good assist test for him. Um, he just, he, I mean, I just said Billy Joe Saunders is special. I mean... I've never seen a heavy a cruiserweight uh, fight the way that um, uh, Alexander Oleksandr Usyk fights. He's like a, a heavyweight version of Lomachenko. Um, so I just love to watch him fight. So yeah, I'm excited for that. Uh, and if you like chaos, bronze bomber Deontay Wilder. He's going to knock out Dominic Brazil. I, I guarantee it. I mean, bet your house on a knockout. All right, um, you so heard that, it here first. That, that'll bet, be fun. Bet your house. No, 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 don't bet your house. Um, all right then, so that'll be it for the news. And then, should we get into Hall of Fame? Because we're in a new month now, so I think, it's, I think it's time for a new Hall of Fame. Yeah, and I think it's my turn. It's your turn. So are you ready, Courtney? I'm ready. All right, ready. take it away. Um, this guy is probably, in my opinion, um, the greatest Puerto Rican fighter of all time. Uh, he's a four-weight world champion. He's had some killer fights against Manny Pacquiao, Floyd Mayweather. Um, I don't think people give him enough props. Uh, I think I know who you're going to pick. Miguel Cotto. Miguel Cotto. Yes, yes. Um, this guy's been in some wars, isn't he? He's fought, mm. he's fought everyone. Um, so yeah, I always respect, respect fighters that are not ducking and are fighting the best around at the time. Um, so yeah, I've seen him. Um, against Mayweather, against Canelo. Um, is there any particular fights of his that really jump out to you? Um, yes, there is. Um, Shane Mosley. At that time, Shane Mosley had very few losses on his record and it was a top, top fighter. I think he was a worldweight champion at the time. And uh, everyone had uh, Shane Mosley touted to beat Miguel Cotto. And Miguel Cotto just ran through him, virtually ran through him. Um, also, the second Margarito fight as well, because in the first fight, supposedly Margarito had hand wraps in his gloves, some sort of cheating went on, and after the fight, Cotto said, I've never been hit like that before, I, I know he was cheating. And in the second fight, it was an even playing field, and he knocked out Margarito. So, uh, two stand-up performances uh, from an absolute legend, the only P- Puerto Rican four-weight world champion in the history of boxing. Yeah, representing Puerto Rico there. Um, just got to say, Miguel Cotto, is he still active, or is he retired now? He's retired. He's retired. He, I think he fought last year against Saddam Ali uh, and he lost his title against Saddam Ali, which he shouldn't have, um, and he retired after that. All right. So, yeah, um, I completely respect that decision to put Miguel Cotto in the Hall of Fame. And I think we're getting near the end of the show now. So is there anything that you want to add, any um, other news that has appealed to you this week? Just a quick mention... Um, Gennady Golovkin has announced his new trainer, Jonathan Banks. He was the trainer of Radu Makichko, and he is the current trainer of the undisputed best female boxer, uh, Cecilia Breakhorst. Um, so, I mean, 
Abel Sanchez is no longer around. Uh, General from Bax is GGG's new trainer. And just one more card next week with two title fights on it. Miguel Burchelt, the WBC Super Favorite Champion, will f- have a rematch against Francisco Fargus. And um, Isaac Dobbo will be rematching uh, Emmanuel Navarrete uh, for the WBA Super Bantamweight title. The title that Isaac Dobbo lost against Navarrete in his last fight. So that's just a nice American card to, to watch if you like boxing. Alright, that will do it then. Um, just before we go, I just want to say thank you for listening to the show, supporting the movement. We are on iTunes, Spotify, Facebook, YouTube, we're, we're, we're everywhere. So support, leave comments, likes, and um, subscribe, of course. And um, of course, thank you to Courtney for being the knowledge in this show. And then, um, yeah, we'll see you next week. See you next week, guys. You've been listening to Before the Bell podcast. Tune in next week for more about the world of mixed martial arts.